You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Gansert. The past couple of shows have been some special editions, a little different from our usual format. We interviewed some amazing kids about their thoughts on Be Kind to Animals Week. And last week, we had a medley of interviews following our congressional briefing on the Canines and Childhood Cancer Study. At that briefing, we showed a short video on the impact of the Canines and Childhood Cancer Study. And I encourage all of our listeners to tune in and watch it. You can find it by going to YouTube and searching for canines and childhood cancer. It's the first results of this study, and I guarantee it'll be hard to hold back tears. You know, that study and that briefing was just the week of Mother's Day, and I think about all of those mothers who really have had their lives changed when they've heard the worst news ever from a doctor, when the doctor said, your child has cancer. And in that video, you'll be meeting young Adrian, a cancer patient, and you hear from him and his mom, and they talk about their incredible interactions with therapy dogs. He is why we do the work we do. This week's show will be more like our most of our other shows and other episodes. We've got a pair of terrific guests just in time for Memorial Day. First up is Army Sergeant Charles Shuck father of the dearly departed and beloved military working dog, Gabe, who you may remember as the 2012 American Hero Dog at our second ever Hero Dog Awards. Following that, we'll be joined by another Army Sergeant, Jason Boss, an Iraq War veteran who was recently reunited with his old partner, military working dog, Sela. Thanks to the generous donations from American Humane Association supporters, we were able to bring home Sela to live out her retirement with Sergeant Boss. You'll definitely want to hear more about their emotional reunion a little bit later in today's show. I'm sure plenty of you will be headed to the beach or hosting picnics and cookouts and enjoying your long Memorial Day weekend. But we need to take a time to reflect on all the brave men and women who are served our country, many of them bravely giving their lives to defend our freedoms. American Humane Association has a long and storied track record of working with the nation's military because we truly value, appreciate, and honor all the work they've done, all of their valiant efforts they've done for our freedom. Of course, I've said this before, but as you know, our Red Star team got its start by traveling to Europe to treat the horses that were used on the battlefields. If you've seen the movie War Horse, you know that even in the 20th century, horses played a vital part in the war, and we were there. American Humane Association was there to make sure they received proper veterinary care. The Red Star team also traveled to Hawaii following Pearl Harbor, bringing therapy dogs to help comfort the reeling community after the bombings. And in the modern era, we have a number of life-saving and life-affirming programs and resources dedicated to members of the military, veterans, and their families. This past few summers, we partnered with the National Military Family Association by sending our animal-assisted therapy teams to their Operation Purple Camps for Children, who have one or more parents deployed in the military. These children face a harsh reality that many of their friends do not. Having to cope with mom or dad, not there to help them with their homework, cook them dinner, 
or play catch with them in the park. Many of these children close themselves up to the world thinking they have no one to talk to about how they feel. But I can tell you from personal experience, you should see the way these children light up at the sight of these therapy animals. And I say therapy animals because our teams bring more than just dogs. In fact, we've had appearances from a therapy llama and a mini horse. Children open up at these camps with the therapy animals in ways they never could with their humans. You know, that's, I think, the power of the bond. And for many of our brave servicemen and women, the return home from war is just the beginning of the battle. Sadly, every year, thousands of our nation's veterans are diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder from their tours of duty in Iraq and Afghanistan, often serving multiple consecutive tours, unprecedented in previous U.S. military conflicts and other wars, and easing back into society is difficult and sometimes terrifying to them. Studies have shown that service dogs have a healing impact on people diagnosed with PTSD. And more and more of these two-legged heroes are relying on four-legged heroes to help better their lives. These dogs help their handlers live the lives they once did without the fear of the unknown. Our Wags for Patriots program helps put leashes in the hands of the veterans who need the dogs the most. Eligible veterans are encouraged to submit applications for funds to help them adopt service dogs. American Humane Association will provide grants of up to 2500 to help offset the cost for qualified veterans to receive a PTSD service dog. Are you a veteran who's been diagnosed with PTSD, as in need of a service dog or know of one? please visit AmericanHumane.org. That's AmericanHumane.org for more information and to submit an application. And of course, we are now helping to bring home military hero dogs who bravely serve tours of duty abroad. We'll hear more about this program a bit later in the show when we interview Sergeant Jason Boss. Definitely stick around for that. But also stick around for our next guest, Sergeant Charles Shuck. We'll be right back on Pet Life Radio. Look forward to you coming back and look forward to hearing from Sergeant Chuck Shuck. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All right, welcome back. In honor of Memorial Day weekend, coming up in just a few days, we're talking to a couple of members of our military. And since this is Pet Life Radio, you know we're talking military dogs, too. 
Our first guest today has been a friend to American Humane Association for a few years now. We first got to know him when his former partner, military working dog Gabe, took home the honor as the military dog category winner at the 2012 American Humane Association Hero Dog Awards. And not only did Gabe win that special honor, indeed he took home top honors that year. He was named the 2012 Hero Dog of the Year. But tragically, Gabe passed away last year, but his legacy still lives on. I'm now joined by Sergeant Charles Shuck, who was one time Gabe's partner in Iraq and later his pet parent after Gabe retired from service. Welcome to the show, Sergeant Shuck. We're so glad to have you here. Thank you, Dr. Ganser. I appreciate that. Oh, well, we're thrilled to have you here. We have known and loved you and Gabe for several years now and just so proud of your service. And I know you're still in service to our country. Where are you at today? I am now stationed at uh, Fort Leonardwood, Missouri in the uh, 92nd uh, Phoenix Battalion. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much on behalf of all of our listeners and all of us at American Humane Association. Thank you for your service to this country. And we're, again, so proud to have you in the association family. You know, Chuck, this weekend is Memorial Day, and while most people will be honoring our fallen two-legged veterans, it's just important to remember that we have plenty of four-legged veterans as well. It is. You know, there's hundreds and hundreds of dog teams right now still fighting the uh, the war on terror via Afghanistan or just probably 50 other countries throughout the world. So, yes, as we uh, remember those that sacrificed for this country in years past, in wars past, there has been about, I think, about 50 to 60 dogs that have just in probably the past 20 years have died for this country also. It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, uh, you and I refer to these hero dogs as veterans. You know, we all know most military dogs are still technically classified as equipment. Isn't that right? They are. They are classified as equipment. But I would bring to the attention that the uh, the dogs they get, just like Gabe, they get world-class treatment from our military. They may be deemed equipment, but, you know, the other soldiers, the Marines, the Air Force, Airmen, the dogs are loved. They're taken care of to the to the best of you know the government's ability. So we were always happy as a, as a team, and uh, Gabe never had any issues. Chuck, you know, Gabe did so much to protect you and your fellow soldiers in Iraq from harm. I understand he was the most successful detection dog in Iraq between 2006 and 2007, where we saw so much in terms of incidences. You know, he has a very special story, doesn't he? Gabe does. And, you know, we always said, you know, we used to always tell people, you know, it really wasn't about the, the stuff that Gabe and I found, you know, because there was uh, hundreds of other dog teams with us. And, you know, if we can find one thing to take it off the road to save a soldier, then, you know, we've done our job. And we gave 100% each and every day for them 366 days that we were there. So we were really no special than the other dog teams to our left and to our right. We all had a mission to do. So I'm equally proud of Gabe and the hundreds of other dogs that were there serving because we're one team in one fight. I think that's beautiful. You know, I know Gabe's backstory, and that is that he was rescued from a shelter. And I also know he had a little trouble in the very beginning at failing at military working dog school at Lackland (laughs) Air Force Base. I love the story about Gabe. Can you share that with our listeners? He sure did. He he was rescued from a a pound in Houston. And I found that out later in our uh, time, but I got to talk to people that actually rescued him. And then somehow he he snuck his way into the Army. And uh, when I met him in 2006, I fell in love with him right from the start because he's, of course, a lab. And uh, 
I was at that point not a dog person, but you know now I can't live without a dog. And uh, Gabe, he started not behaving towards the end of our event. After about five months into our training, he uh, took a turn and he decided he was going to be a lab and just chase butterflies and everything else and not want to find the bomb. So I ended up taking Gabe and my other dog, uh, German Shepherd, to the final evaluation. And uh, luckily, everything worked out in the end because my German Shepherd ended up being afraid of the dark and Gabe was a rock star. And uh, 17 days after Gabe and I graduated from school, we were on a plane to Iraq. Wow. Wow. But I love that Gabe wanted to chase butterflies and not really behave there for a little bit. <laughs> I wanted to, to pay attention. But then he performed so well at evaluations and so much so that 17 days later, you're on a plane together to Iraq. And this was really uh, at the high point in terms of instances during the war, wasn't it, with Iraq? It was. We were in a very busy uh, area where the bad guys wanted to kill U.S. soldiers. And, uh, you know, luckily Gabe and I got to go on, you know, the 210 missions with them guys. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say we were perfect because no dog out there is uh, perfect, but uh, no soldiers were ever killed or harmed on any mission that Gabe was on. Um, and like I said, he had his uh, 26 fines, with the biggest one being 36 mortar rounds in the Tigris River in Iraq. Wow. Wow. That's significant. He saved thousands and thousands of lives. I just think that's amazing. And saving your life as well. You know, when we talk about these dogs saving lives, we don't know how many lives per se they save, but just even saving lives with just being back on the the FOB, the forward operating base, with just being able to be a dog to the soldiers because they're away from home, they're away from their families. And, you know, these dogs tie into the other programs with the therapy dogs and the service dogs. And, you know, all these dogs have such a special purpose. And that's why Gabe, to me, was so special because, and that's my mission now is all these dogs that are in shelters. That's where Gabe was at and he could have been put down, but, you know, he was given a second chance. And there's so many other dogs out there that, if given a second chance, can become a, a quote, a hero dog, just like Gabe and the other dogs uh, throughout the Hero Dog Awards. You know, that's so, so true. And Gabe goes on to save the lives of Americans serving in a theater of war. And just to think about months earlier, a year earlier, he was in a Houston shelter. I think that's one of those second life stories, second chance stories that you don't even get that in the movies, right? This is so real and true life. And it's just, uh, it's better than what you see in the movies today. It's amazing. You know, Gabe served so much more than just the explosives detection dog, which was an amazing, amazing amount of work that he did and life saved. But I know, and I've seen you both in action, he was also a therapy dog. Uh, I know for your compatriots over there and back home with you, too. Yes, on our spare time, even when we were in Iraq, in our spare time, we'd visit soldiers. We'd go to a, uh, the Wounded Soldiers Hospital. But even back here in the United States, when we had any free time, we'd go visit libraries for children's reading programs in South Carolina. We'd go visit elementary schools just to talk to kids because... You know, our old model used to be, you know, teaching the kids about working hard, staying in school and respecting each other because, you know, in the end, that's what it comes down to. So very, very true. You know, for all that Gabe's done, he was certainly so deserving of the title, not only of military hero dog, but also American hero dog. Let's go back to 2012 when you were on the stage at the Hero Dog Awards. Chuck, what was it like to hear his name called as the overall winner? My heart like went up in my throat and I, I couldn't think and um, I was just so proud because, you know, looking across the other seven nominations, every dog, and I said it on that stage that night, every dog deserved that title and, you know, Gabe and I, Gabe got the votes and all that kind of stuff, but 
you know, we share that American Hero Dog title with every single dog that was in the competition. And not even the ones that, that won the categories, but the hundreds of dogs that entered into that first round that per se didn't win the title. But we share that with all them dogs because no dog is better than the other. But just to stand on that stage and look out at that crowd and them standing for Gabe and to look down in that first row and see uh, the fabulous Miss Betty White standing up for Gabe is just something that I will never forget to the day I die. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, you know, sadly, Gabe left us last year, which was hard on all of us at American Humane Association and for Gabe's hundreds of thousands of fans around the world. I know that was deeply uh, challenging for you, Chuck. And I just want to see a year later, how you're, how you doing? I'm doing good. I still have my, uh, definitely have my moments and my times that um, I still, of course, cry for my battle buddy. But I do have a room in my house that is dedicated from the Gabe fans because everything that they've sent to that room is in there. And in there sits his American Hero Dog trophy and uh, all the other stuff uh, from his fans and the American Humane Association. And, uh, you know, I run now his page uh, on Facebook, Gabe to the Rescue. And that sole purpose of that page is to uh, save shelter dogs all across the United States. And we're, uh, we're very successful at it. That's wonderful. And you're always posting about dogs around the country needing those forever homes. Can you tell us again, it's Gabe to the Rescue, and that's, that's the Facebook Gabe to the page. Rescue. Bravo. Gabe to the Rescue. And Gabe is he's saving thousands of lives now. I think that's wonderful. The dog is still saving lives. What an amazing example of a hero dog. You know, now you're back from Iraq and you've been in the States. Share with all of our listeners, what are you doing in today uh, in the Army? I am currently the uh, training NCIC of, uh, of the battalion. So pretty much I help plan the training. I, I coordinate ranges and uh, I deal with almost uh, 1.2 million rounds of ammunition and all that kind of good stuff. So I'm almost responsible with my counterpart, which is an officer uh, for the training of about 795 soldiers. That's wonderful. Amazing work. Amazing work, Chuck. You know, tell us, uh, I know you're based in Missouri. What dogs do you have with you now at home? I have uh, my. Uh, I have three other rescue babies. Uh, I have the ones that I had for about six years, a lab and a husky. And uh, in honor of Gabe, about six months ago, I rescued a uh, another lab named Gabby. I named her Gabby in honor of Gabe. And uh, but she's night and day. She does not listen like Gabe yet. Um, I'm still working her. She's a terror. <laughs> but she came from a kill shelter. And now she's uh, in a loving home until the day she passes away. Oh, that's beautiful. Is she chasing butterflies? She chases anything that moves, including the weed eater. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Gabby, that's great. I love Gabby. That's wonderful. Well, you know, we'll all miss Gabe, Chuck. You know we will, and we miss him terribly today, but his legacy and his unyielding love will always be remembered, and it'll be a tribute to all of the shelter dogs out there who need those second chance forever homes. It's also a great tribute to the fine work, the valiant efforts of military hero dogs that are in 50 countries, as you say, and working in this country every single day, saving lives and representing our country again with such courage and valor. So thank you for sharing with all of America Gabe's story and of your passion to make the world better by uh, helping through Gabe's story save even more lives, getting those dogs and cats in forever homes. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Well, Chuck, do you have anything else to add? 
I do. Um, I just want to take the time, you know, to personally thank you, Robin, and uh, the American Humane Association, the Hero Dog Awards, because Gabe and I would not be on this platform today if it wasn't for you guys. So I ask all the listeners to uh, please support the American Humane Association. If you look on the news, you see the Red Star team deploying to different states, Arkansas, Louisiana, just to help people and animals in need. So if you have that extra dollar, $5 or $10, please get onto the American Humane Association website and uh, and donate what you can, or even just go to their Facebook page and share because every animal saved is, you know, another miracle or another hero dog just waiting. Oh, thank you so much, Chuck, for that very special message for our listeners. Well, Sergeant Chuck, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope you have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend, especially with that Gabby. Make sure that uh, she's safe and uh, and all. And I know all of our listeners out there are grateful to you and Gabe for your service. And we're nearing the final days of voting in the first round of this year's Hero Dog Awards. Log on to HeroDogAwards.org to cast your vote in each of our eight categories every day, including military dogs. We'll be right back with an emotional tale of love and reunion. This is Be Humane with Dr. Robin Gansert. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership Plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. Hi, this is Marcy Davis and my service dog, Whistle. And we're your hosts of Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Working Like Dogs is the show where you can learn everything you ever wanted to know about working animals or working dogs. Whether you're a member of a working dog team or you've just seen a working dog or animal out at the mall or the grocery store and you're curious about how these amazing animals work with their human partners, then Working Like Dogs is the show for you. Join us for the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. In honor of Memorial Day, my next guest is a veteran of the Iraq War, where he served side by side with Zila M389 a Labrador retriever searching for roadside bombs and weapon caches on almost 100 missions in Iraq. But when it came time to come home in 2012, Sergeant Jason Boss had to be separated from his canine partner, from his friend. 
Recently, in collaboration with a wonderful nonprofit organization, Mission Canine Rescue, we helped to finance Sila's recent trip home to Chicago, where she could finally live out her forever loving home in a retirement with Sergeant Boss. And now we're here to talk about the reunion and their lives together. I'm so pleased and honored to welcome Sergeant Jason Boss to the program. How are you today? I'm very good. Thank you for asking. And I'm really happy that you guys have been able to help me out so much and help me get Sheila back. She means the world to me. And I honestly didn't think I was going to see her again. So it's kind of emotional for me as well. But I'm just very, very happy to have her back here with me. Well, I just want to start out today by thanking both you and Sela for your service. I mean, you, you've both bravely defended our country and your fellow soldiers. So let's start at the very top. What were you thinking when you were waiting for this incredible friend, your colleague in uh, on the battlefield? What were you thinking to see when you were waiting for Sela to get off that plane? Well, at that point, it was about a year and a half since we've seen each other. And I was really just hoping that she would remember me. We spent a total of four and a half years together, and I just really didn't know if she would remember me, and I I was really nervous. And if you saw the video, as they had me standing around the corner, so I couldn't see when she was coming through the doors, and people, random people, keep coming in, and I started getting really nervous and anxious. And once she finally came around, I could hear the, the photographer start taking pictures, and so I knew she was finally coming through the door, and so I just called out her name, and... She started pulling right to me and then jumping all over my head and just really excited to see me. And so at that point, I knew she remembered me and my heart just felt great that we got to have that reunion. Most people, you know, previous families don't get the same opportunity to, to be able to adopt their dog after retirement. And so I just felt really blessed and lucky to have that opportunity. You know, I think for those of you listening out there, uh, there is an amazing video from the Chicago Tribune of that very moment linked on the American Humane Association Facebook page. And I encourage you to go and, and click on that and you will see what we all witnessed as Jason and Sila were reunited. I remember her rolling over for her belly rub, Jason. How about that? <laughs> she, loves it. she loves the belly rub, right? You know, I, I, I... It's really funny. You know, I think of Sheila more as a person or a child than I do like a, a dog or a pet. You know, she means a lot to me. And uh, we, we've had a great relationship and we're, we're continuing that relationship now. But um, I know what she likes and what she doesn't like. And uh, I know she loves her belly rubs and, and just loves her attention altogether. Oh, well, she certainly recognized you, too. And I think it's so interesting that here you were concerned, would she recognize me? And uh, it is very obvious to everyone who watched that heartwarming video. And by the way, there won't be a dry eye left when you watch that video, friends, of seeing that this incredible dog being reunited with, with Sergeant Boss. Can you go back in time and, and share with us, how did you first meet Sila? Um, as a military police officer, a secondary job is being a canine officer, so working with um, dogs for explosive detection and narcotic detection. In 2008, I went to canine school in San Antonio, Texas, Blackland Air Force Base. And at that school, I was assigned a few dogs initially because they try to pair up uh, a person with a dog based on how well you get along, how well they listen, you know, how well you work together. And uh, eventually I was paired with Sheila. Sheila was a very smart dog, but she is very stubborn at times and didn't really want to listen to any other handlers. And I was given an opportunity, and we clicked right off the bat. And ever since then, we've been together. 
Wow. Wow. Can you share with us, Toon, about why you think dogs are so important to our nation's military? You know, dogs are just awesome. You know, they, they're great at smelling, they're great at sensing things, and they're great for protecting our soldiers, whether it's finding these explosives or finding these IEDs or knowing that danger is near. Whether you're doing a mission at night, they can hear really well and they can sense if people are trying to, you know, come up on you. Overall, just a great protection animal, you know. I couldn't ask for anything better in the military than to have this dog. Wow. Wow. Can you talk about some of the training that you two had to go through to be prepared to uh, search for weapons and things along those lines that you had to do on your missions together? Yeah, it was an extensive training um, session. Again, that was in San Antonio, Texas. Is total time of four and a half months, which also included a two-week training exercise in Yuma, Arizona. And the reason why we go there is because of the climate and then the surroundings. You know, there's a lot of desert uh, mountains. And so that prepared us to go to the Middle East. And uh, so the the total time was, was very extensive, but I think it prepared us very well. And within two months of finishing that school, we were on our way to Iraq. So I really appreciated having both the, the Texas training and the, the UMA Arizona training to, to get us prepared to be able to work in a wartime environment. A wartime environment that also is very, very different than many of our American hometown communities with the weather, the climate, the desert feel uh, that had to be incredibly challenging. Jason, can you share with us what was a typical mission like for the two of you, you and CeeLo? Well, a typical mission would consist of searching cities, searching homes, searching fields, searching tunnels, and you name it, we've searched it. Pretty much trying to keep the area safe, we would search roadways prior to a convoy or a patrol of soldiers. And because the dog is so smart and able to sense things and smell things, she was keeping, you know, she would keep us safe as we move forward. So when we're going on untraveled roads on these small little trails that have not been searched before, she was key in, in making sure that there was nothing dangerous there to, you know, keep us all safe and to ensure that we were able to come home in one piece. Wow. When she would find something, when she did detect something, what happens then? Pretty much there's cues that the dog will give to me that I've been trained and what I've, you know, seen from, from all the training. Mm-hmm. And with her, I mean, it's different with every dog, but with her, her tail will start spinning around in a circle like kind of like a helicopter. And, and when she <laughs> does that, there's something, it's not always something bad, but there's always something different. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's kind of, I need to stop moving, don't pay any attention to anything else but her and see what happens. You know, kind of yeah. see if she goes to a certain area, she shows a lot of interest in the area, and then I'll, you know, I'll pay attention to that, and then kind of, you know, figure out whether it's something I need to go check out or something that is nothing. Wow, that helicopter spin on the tail, that's fascinating how they communicate to us. Definitely. Uh, You know, I understand there came a day when the two of you had to part ways. I understand you had an accident, you hurt your back a few years ago, and were sent home from the theater of war. What happened to Sela at that time, and how was it to part from her? It was extremely difficult. I pretty much injured my back on active duty, um, doing some training, and because of that injury, I was not able to stay in the military any longer. And because Sela is still pretty young, the military was not ready to let her retire out yet, which I completely understood, but I my heart was broken because of it. Mm-hmm. And at least I knew 
that I was leaving, but she had no idea where I was going. One day I was there, and then I'm gone, and she didn't see me again. So, you know, it was extremely difficult. I was pretty much, you know, heartbroken depressed for about a year and a half. And I really didn't think I'd see her this early. You know, she's turning seven Saturday, and mm-hmm. a typical working dog will work to the age of 10 to 12, depending on their, their health. And this is based on what I've seen with other dogs. And for her to be released about seven years old was pretty surprising to me and she's still in good health i assume that she probably didn't really want to listen to the new handler um (laughs) and that's probably based on the amount of time that her and i have spent together Uh, four and a half years for a dog was only five and a half at that time when i when i got out she pretty much only knew me and only wanted to be with me and so i understand that and i you know that just it just makes me feel good that you know she she just wanted to be with me and no one else and i think that's why we got to um, be reunited. I love that. I love that. So she just wasn't going to work for anybody else. (laughs) She she wanted Sergeant Boss back, and she couldn't understand why you couldn't be back there with her. I just think that's remarkable, and it's so poignant. You know, talk to us a little bit about what was the process it took for you two to find each other again with this reunification and how that came about. Well, before I left, um, Fort Lee, Virginia, and that's my last duty station before once I left the Army. I knew where she was going, and so I contacted the handler, and I said, hey, I know that you're going to be getting my dog, but this is still my dog, and I want to know what's going on. And so I kept in contact via Facebook with this handler. And additionally, I know in the canine community is in, in the military is very small, and so mm-hmm. I might not know one person, but I know someone who knows that person. And so mm-hmm. I can contact people no matter no matter where they are in the world. I know someone who knows that person mm-hmm. within that canine community. And so I kept in contact, and, and I made sure she was doing okay. And I think it was around February that Hamlet contacted me and stated, you know, they're going to retire her out. Do you want her? And, of course, I'm like, yes, what do I have to do? And so then I started filling out some paperwork. I had to fill out an adoption packet through mm-hmm. um Blackland Air Force Base, which is, you know, the headquarters of military canine training. So I got all the paperwork completed, and then, you know, she went to Germany. Sheila went to Germany after I got out, and I didn't know that, but I really didn't know how to go about trying to get her back to the United States. You know, if she were in the United States anywhere at a base, I would jump in my car and just went and picked her up. But yes. being in Germany, you can't do that. So it was really helpful that, you know, I went and contacted some veteran organizations and I got in contact with Chris Mauer from Mission Canine Rescue and she you know, was very experienced with getting retired military dogs to a good home. Usually it doesn't happen with the previous handler depending on the situation you know because there are some dogs that are trained for aggression and trained for detection as well. Sheila's only a single purpose dog so she's only detection mm-hmm. and so if you have a young family, young kids, you don't want a dog that maybe is aggressive you know that could be an issue and so usually a handler would not be able to adopt their old dog, you know, a retired military dog if they have young children. You know, it's one of the requirements because you don't want nothing bad to happen. So in my situation, I didn't really have that, that difficulty because she's only a single-purpose uh, single purpose dog, only for use for detection. So uh, really mm-hmm. great with kids. And so, and again, I had to find funding, and Chris found funding through the American Humane Association, and they helped me out and, and paid Sheila's flight, and I was just blown away. So, so happy that, there's so many people out there mm-hmm. that just care, that just care about other people. You know, it really, really gives me a better feeling mm-hmm. about humanity in general. You know, that just random people out there just want to 
to help you out in a, you know, just an amazing situation. Well, I tell you, from all of us at American Humane Association, we care so much about you and Sela, and we were so honored to partner with Chris and Canine Rescue to make this reunification happen, and we were proud to do so, and we're going to devote uh, the next few years to making sure that this happens for any any veteran who wishes to be reunited with their uh, canine partner. So we're going to make that one of our top priorities. So thank you for letting us be part of this process. Is Sela now enjoying her retired life? I bet she, she is. is. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's actually, she's laying right next to me here and chewing on a toy and just really happy. I'm getting all kinds of attention from my friends and family. Mm-hmm. I've been taking her, taking her around and showing her off. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody, we're kind of a local celebrity here in, in Michigan mm-hmm. um, with all the news coverage. And it's been really great. It's been really great for her and for me. It's just an awesome story. Awesome story. I really didn't know what to expect with the whole situation, but mm-hmm. it's been great. It's been really great. She sleeps with me every night. Um, <laughs> she doesn't like to go away from me. You know, she doesn't like to be away from me at all. And so it's awesome. It's a great experience. That's wonderful. How will the two of you be spending your Memorial Day weekend? I think we're just going to we'll probably go to some parades or something like that and mm-hmm. something to take her around and She's great with young kids and all with everyone, but especially young kids. And so I'm going to take her around and just, you know, let her be seen. Let her be seen and people can come up and ask me about her and, and play with her and, you know, just have fun. That's wonderful. I think you both deserve a lot of fun, uh, uh, especially with all the service you've done for our country and all the lives together you have saved. So on behalf of all of us at American Humane Association, we're proud to know you and we're so proud to call you part of our family and we thank you for your service. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, this has been an incredible segment in Be Humane, our weekly radio show, as we've celebrated Sergeant Boss and his reunification with military working dog, Sela. You know, if you want to visit our Facebook page, see that video, I can tell you your heart will be forever touched. Sergeant Boss, I wish you and Sela all the best. I hope you enjoy this very long holiday weekend. And to our listeners, we'll be returning to Capitol Hill sometime this summer for another congressional briefing, this time focused on the importance of bringing home our military working dogs and giving them the respect and care they deserved as full-fledged veterans. We'll be sure to do a show focused on that briefing, and we hope that Sergeant Boss and Sela will join us on Capitol Hill. But in the meantime, we'll be back next week with another show, and don't forget how important it is this week and every week to be humane. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.